Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are, you and Spence here with the rest of the team from All About Windows Phone. Welcome to the Collaborative Insight Podcast, where we take a look at the news, the issues, and some of our favourite applications and games from last week in the world of Windows Phone. I'm Ewan Spence, and of course, www.allaboutwindowsphone.com is our home. For those of you who have not listened before, I shall introduce you to the team. Everybody else is exactly the same people, and we'll find out if they still want to be guest stars or whatever as we go around them. First up, back from Dead Mouse and the delightful... What do you call it? Biggest advertising hoard possible uh, on the side of Millback Tower, Rafe Blanford. Yes, hello everybody. It was a, a pretty amazing event. The sort of 4D projection, well, it wasn't exactly 4D, but it was on Millbank Tower and it did look uh, incredibly big. And the Dead Mouse music, um, perhaps not to my personal taste, but it certainly had a lot of people on the banks of the Thames cheering along. I reckon there were probably ten to 15,000 people, which was uh, pretty impressive for an event that you know, lasts about 45 minutes. So there we go. Uh, you still want to be a guest or a commentator or editor or... I don't, don't really mind because ultimately I'm editing this podcast, so if I want to put in something, I can. There we go. So Rafe is a editor in chief of the podcast. Uh, we also uh, have a man who's forgotten more music than Hawkwind have forgotten, which does take some doing. Uh, but you'll know him from the phones show, uh, the huge, wide-ranging, encompassing worldview of the smartphone world. Steve Litchfield joins us. Hello there. I must say, I did did like Dead Mouse's uh, rather cool headgear. As the music, as with Rafe, may not be quite to my taste, but yes, look at that headgear. We want some of that, don't we? Still a special guest star, Steve. Oh yes, still a special guest star. We also uh, up in Hull. We have the man who is faithfully holding the line that Linux is better than Windows on the desktop, but that's fine because all viewpoints are done. We are in a multi-operating system world, so. David Gilson gives us a little bit of balance up there. Welcome, David. Hello, you and yes, I'll be the open source stuntman, and um, I'll, uh, along along with Canonical doing the, uh, the little orange bar of light gate crashing at Millbank Towers. Now, for those people who, who know, now I mentioned last week, of course, that Canonical are in Millbank. So you've done some investigating, then. I have, if watching a YouTube video counts. It it does. Yes, it, this, if Rafe is listening, it does count. Okay, David. Okay, yeah. Good. Right then. Okay. So uh, that is our line. Of course, we couldn't do this without you. Your comments are always very much appreciated back on the website, not just on the podcast, but on our feature articles, reviews, news, and flow stories throughout the week. Uh, we've been running, Rafe, I've lost count. We've been running about nine weeks now. Yes, that's about right. Nine weeks. We are ahead of the curve in the number of people that we thought would be reading the site. So um, we are on a healthy growth spurt. That's that, that's what we wanted, wasn't it, Rafe? That's right, yes. We're always looking for more visitors, so please recommend us to all your friends. But uh, I'd like to thank everybody who's already reading the site, and a lot of you have been leaving comments or sending feedback in by email, and that's uh, very much appreciated. We're still, of course, uh, tweaking the way we do things, so please keep sending in the feedback. And we've got some uh, new features to come, so uh, you can you can follow us um, on the website, obviously, but also on Twitter, AA underscore WP, on Facebook at facebook.com slash all about Windows Phone, and we've also added Google Plus to the mix since uh, I last spoke about the way to follow things. There's a link on the homepage of the site where you can get to that, and we're kind of posting key reviews and stories from our content flow onto that Google Plus account for the website. So there we go, the connected world, the connected website, and let's go and connect with the news from the last week. Steve, 
The yeah. big news is the big device. Well, yes, the HTC Titan has been out for about a month now. We finally got our review hands on it. I have to say, I was I was quite impressed. If you take away the design and the physical design and the physical build um, scheme, if you like, it's a tremendous device. It's got to be the Windows Phone flagship. It just feels superb in the hand when it's all assembled. Uh, seeing Windows Phone in action on a 4.7-inch screen and... It's just wonderful for a start. There's the, the, the OS really cries out for that much real estate. And to have effectively HTC's equivalent of Nokia's clear back display, really, really high contrast. Maybe it doesn't work quite so well outdoors, but it's stunning indoors and the size of the screen. And they've in, improved the quality of their speakers. So you can actually watch movies and videos and get decent soundtracks. And they've improved the camera hugely. So uh, HTC really, in some ways, knocked it out of the park. It was really only, and maybe Rafe can comment on this, the, the way not, um, HTC have, have got this kind of bathtub design where the phone innards are kind of glued onto the underside of the display or, the, or vice versa. And then the, the back cover is kind of a bathtub in which the phone sits. And that would be okay if it was all solid, but the review model I had was creaking like mad in one of the corners. And most worryingly of all, as with their sensation that runs Android, they've got this weird scheme where the Wi-Fi and cellular antennae are all in the back cover and connected to the main body of the phone by these little gold contacts. And you just have to wonder, especially with the creaking that's already going on, if at some point down the road, after you've dropped it or mashed it around in your briefcase for a few months, that these contacts are going to stop connecting and all of a sudden you'll get dropouts in your connectivity and dropouts in your calls. Am I being paranoid, Rafe? No, I don't think you are being paranoid. I mean, HTC and build quality is an issue that's been going on for a long time. And I, I would say in HTC's defence, they've improved markedly in the last couple of years. And a couple of people I've spoken to who've got the Titans have been very happy with it, no problems whatsoever. Uh, so as always, you know, this, this sort of build quality issue do, does vary. However, I did was chatting to someone who said, yes, he'd had exactly the same problem and it was starting to creak a bit. So you do wonder about the, the longevity of it. And the particular construction that you were describing there obviously does have a sort of ability to maybe come apart more than some of the extreme product designs, which actually HTC have used elsewhere. You know, I think that the um, HTC do have some devices in a sort of the unibody case where everything fits inside, much like uh, Nokia have done with the 800. So you know, it's very difficult to you know, give an informed opinion on this because actually you kind of have to wait and see what happens in 12 months time because that's you know the expectation the device should last at least that long and 90 percent of them anyway um but i do have a suspicion that there may be a few problems ahead i mean the the titan is obviously taking design to some of the extremes in order to get that size of screen into a relatively thin thin shell so uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see um, but if anyone's got any experience on that, you know, please let us know. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are big fans of the Titan who've got no problems whatsoever. Sure. Um, but it, it does seem there's been a couple of reports just suggesting that the longevity might be an issue. But uh, I, I would suggest to people, you know, go and try it out for yourself. And if you do go and buy one, just make sure that it, there's no problems when you get it out the the box. And the way to do that really is to... to basically rattle it like a baby's toy if you hear too much noise then you might want to consider sending it back or swapping yeah, it for another the model the thing to do is to take it actually out of take the battery cover off the bathtub off 
and then put it back on again so that there's a fresh a fresh installation, if you like, and then press in all the four corners and see if it creaks or moves, because that's where mine was going wrong. Once it was in place and you pushed it down and it had done its creaking, it was built as okay again until you next took the battery cover off. So that's the test really. Take the cover off, check you're happy with the construction, then put it back on again. Rafe, it surprises me that you're saying that, that you'd expect 90% of them to go 12 months. I mean, people are signing two-year contracts on these devices. Surely the expectation, certainly under the Sale of Goods Act in the UK, is that you'd expect that to go for at least two and a half years as expected. Well, well, that's the way it should be, but I don't think that's always borne out in reality. And when I say, you know, uh, 12 months, that's before developing even a, a minor fault. And I think we've all come across buttons coming loose or, you know, imperfections or a bit of rattle inside after a little while. Um, and obviously there is a, a, a line to be drawn here between kind of accidental damage when you're scraping the device and how many times can you drop it when it then becomes unreasonable to expect it to, to continue working. Um, but I would, uh, you know, have a reasonable expectation that nine out of ten devices would be basically in perfect working order apart from cosmetic damage, um, you know, in a year. And yes, obviously, any phone should be lasting the length of any contract. And if it's not, you should be entitled to a, a replacement or repair for free from your network operator. Of course, it's slightly different if you're buying the device SIM free. The length of warranties will then vary. But I think a lot of manufacturers, well, most manufacturers provide at least a year. And in some countries, they're obliged to do that legally. But increasingly, you'll also see two-year warranties. So again, that's important to keep receipts and things like that and check the exact details because they do vary from device to device and more particularly from market to market. Yeah, and if the Titan is too big for you, I've got a review unit of the HTC Radar here, which is kind of getting mentioned in tandem with the Titan in, in the press. It's not quite as big of it. it the screen size seems to be somewhere between the 3.7 and 4-inch size. Um, on one hand, it's just another touch slab Windows Phone device. But on the other hand, it does have a very nice, solid, premium feel. It's a unibody device. Um, it's got a non-replaceable battery. There's just a little cap at the bottom which comes off to reveal the SIM card slot. And it also looks like it has some connections to antennas. So um, I don't know if that will give some reliability issues. It depends how much you someone would um, connect and disconnect it. Um, other sorry, strange emissions and inclusions, it's got a front-facing camera, which is the first Windows Phone device I've seen with a front-facing camera. And then um, it actually lacks a digital compass, which isn't a big deal, although it just seems a really strange emission scene. Is like every phone I've used in the last two and a half years has had one. Um, the screen is great. It's a super LCD, and the colors really pop out, just, just like the Mozart, which it's replacing. Um, Again, it's got, which is pretty standard for Windows Mobile, uh, sorry, sorry, Windows Phone, Windows Phone 7. It's got an 8 gigabyte storage, which I'm, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm finding 8 gigabytes quite limiting. Yeah, I, I have to say for Windows Phone, I'm, I'm tempted to say 8 gigabytes is enough because you've got the, the fact that you can be streaming video rather than transcoding, transcoding lots of it over from your desktop because that's such a hassle. But having said that, 8 gigabytes in this day and age, I mean, most of us have got, what, 8, 10, 12 gigabytes of music. We've been used to putting on micro SD cards and transferring between Symbian and Android phones. And here we're talking about maybe squeezing 10 or 12 megabytes or gigabytes onto the internal disk of a Windows phone device. And with the Titan and the uh, Nokia Lumia 800, that's not a problem. But you can really have to think about which music you put on, which short videos you transcode, where your podcast downloaded to, and how many episodes you keep. All of these things suddenly become a big management issue with 8 gigabytes. So I'm with you, David. I think 8 gigabytes is quite limiting. I wish they'd had 16. 
And of course, 16 would put up your battery consumption very slightly and increases the cost as well uh, on sure. building the units. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people said, oh, why can't we have 32 or 64? But the tech is not quite at the sweet spot yet. Uh, the, I think last year, you know, eight gigabytes was a sort of balance point between all of the different variables. It's kind of because of the cost change. It's now moved up to 16 for some of them, you know, the higher end devices. I think we'll see 16 solidify throughout uh, 2012. And maybe by this time next year, we'll start seeing some 32 base unit phones come in there uh, simply just because of the manufacturing process. Um, don't, don't forget that there are some limitations in the uh, written spec originally for Windows Phone. Um, there isn't really a technical reason why you can't have 32.64 in one sense. Um, and I think Ewan's right, pricing was probably the original thought. And also, for a lot of people, 8 gigabytes is fine. I mean, people also point to the fact that you can use SkyDrive to store extra documents and things like that, and that's 25 gigabytes, obviously, with every account. Um, speaking to product managers in the past at various companies, it's been interesting. They've said 8 gigabytes is often regarded as a sweet spot, as it's enough for some applications, a bit of music, and some video. I suspect that's increasing now as people store more stuff on their device. And so, yes, I'd, I'd fully expect it to go up. I'm not sure there's really a battery life issue with having more memory. Um, if it is there, it's very, very minor indeed. I mean, in terms of the physical things involved, I can't see that it would make any difference. Um, it's, if you had multiple chips, you know, obviously being addressed at the same time, that might be an issue, uh, but that's not really the way they do it. Um, from what we've been told, the next version of Windows Phone is going to su support the higher capacity. So I think we will see those um, certainly in early 2012. Yes, yeah, worth saying that the um, it, this RAM, which is the big, big battery drainer, going from, for example, 512 megabytes of RAM, which all the Windows phones currently have, to a gigabyte of RAM, that would significantly incre increase the battery drain. But uh, flat, these internal flash disks, as Ray said, I don't think it has, an, uh, it has a negligible effect. Yeah, you and... Um so you've had the Lumia 800 for a while, which has got 16 gigabytes, and you've been away in Armenia looking at uh, junior Eurovision. So, I mean, how, how much of the, that 16 gigabytes were you using over there? You, you know, David, I just had a look at that at the, the Zoom desktop this morning. I've got about two and a half gig free um, on that unit just now, and it's, it's been that way pretty much since it come in. And most of that is coming through music. Um, I've got the Zoom Pass, so I'm... I'm constantly chopping and changing bringing in new albums um and and just experiencing that sort of stuff and there's maybe about a gig's worth of podcasts as well uh, you know to be honest I, I am not having to do that much memory management um when it looks like i ducked down to about a gig and a half and i, I started to get a bit antsy uh and then you know i, I decided to turn finish and decide to leave nokia uh wrong antsy uh and then i just you know go back and take off some of the albums that i've not been listening to over the last couple of weeks 16 for me is actually more than enough um i'm not hitting any major issues little caveat on that i'm not doing any sort of hd video recording i think that would mean i would have to take a lot of the albums off and, and get to the ones i really listen to not just the ones i like to listen to uh, but but in terms of travel I have to say the one thing that is an absolute savior in this device is the it's the battery saving mode um, for two reasons. One, of course, it means that you can do all the, the big long intercontinental flights and spend all day uh, taking pictures and stuff and not have to worry at all about the batteries. Certainly doing an entire day and still having 30 or 40 percent of battery life left. But. Battery Save Rolls has another useful thing, which is it stops all these background processes trying to go online and, you know, getting your tweets just in case and your Facebooks just in case. And I know that kind of goes against the, 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 the sort of ethos of having everything 
as as glance and go. But when you're roaming and you haven't yet picked up a local micro SIM card, um, you know you really want to stop roaming when uh, Orange is charging five pound fifty a megabyte. Um, so. Uh, it's it's a really nice traveling companion. I think the most surprising thing for me was that Bing Maps and Nokia Maps don't have maps for Armenia, uh, so it was and and that's the same also on their Symbian de- on the Symbian devices as well. You couldn't load up Armenia into, into Nokia Maps or Nokia Drive or anything like that. And I was resorting back to a paper option. Uh, so um, you know, the second you leave the sort of UK US main countries of Europe, you know, you start to see you know things starting to go a little bit bit askew and you know that's where Symbian had its strengths it was a wonderful standalone device and if I was running Symbian as a sort of 9 out of 10 I would think the, the, the Lumia as a standalone on Windows Phone generally would maybe rate about a 7 at the moment and 6.5-7 I think would probably be a fair one I think with battery server it's uh, yeah I agree with you it, it is one like really Good saving grace in Windows Phone. My first taste of like real, real world using in anger with Windows Phone Seven was on the Mozart, which, when I get round to writing my review of it, I I will be criticising it heavily for its battery life because it is it was awful, and and I was taking that as Windows Phone Gen, Windows Phone Seven in general. Since then, I've been looking at the Seven Pro and the and the radar as as we just mentioned, and um, they've been a lot better. But they estimate well over a day and a half when fully charged. Um, what I would like to see come in Windows Phone 7 is a, an easier way to get to battery saver because at the moment you have to go into settings, scroll down to battery saver and, and tap through into that and, until you can get to the tick box you need. So I'd like to see easier to get to and I'd also like to see some automation or some intelligence about when it switches on and off that um, possibly a schedule or turn, or t- turn on if you're away from Tell it to turn on if you're away from your regular home Wi-Fi network, for example. What, what do you think about that? It's got to be an interesting balance point between keeping everything simple and giving everybody the the, the sort of techy tweaky flexibility that makes Android so popular. Uh, let's let's see how the, how the battery tech and the battery software works out in the next version of Windows Phone. Now that Nokia are going to be able to actually get into the code and do some battery management stuff on that, because you know that that trade from Nokia to Microsoft and Microsoft to Nokia, it's it's going to. Be, I think we're going to see a lot of that in 2012. Although Rafe, we've actually seen another tiny step of that. Just in the last week in the personnel side of things haven't we uh yes that's right i mean i think you're referring to justin angel here who is now working for nokia in kind of a developer evangelist role and he's probably quite well known to a lot of people in the windows phone community because of his work with uh, microsoft silverlight and sort of uh, developer relations and i think he's you know authored a number of uh you know, posts have caught quite a bit of attention. I mean, for example, he did some interesting stats on the marketplace in terms of what components were being used by looking inside the ZAP files themselves, as well as, you know, micro ISCs. If you want to go and look at that, I'll make sure I refer to that in the, the show notes. But also, I was one of the leads on the Windows Phone 7 development best practices wiki. And so, yes, you're, he's now been uh, hired uh, by Nokia to come and work um, for them. And he's going to be a principal engineer on Windows Phone 7 developer experience, um, which in Nokia language basically means he's going to be one of the people that is uh, responsible for making sure things are as smooth as possible for developers when they're working with Nokia on, on their devices. And uh, he's you know pretty vocal in terms of having his own blog, being on Twitter, 
so I think that kind of uh, person is ideally placed to be an interaction point between devs and you know a big corporate organization like Nokia, which sometimes I think can be blind to some of the uh, input coming in from especially the smaller developers. Um, so he says he's absolutely thrilled with his uh, new position and he's actually going to be working out of the Nokia Sunnyvale offices. Uh, so that's the one obviously in California, which again kind of speaks towards um, Nokia very actively engaging in the US market. We know with the Windows phone devices, with the sort of development center down in San Diego and with um, Forum Nokia being largely based out of California now as the White Plains office is, is shutting down, that obviously there's a really big push coming there. And uh, hiring uh, Justin Angel there is you know, just one strand of that. And of course, uh, if everybody would just like to put their tin hats on just now, this is just another way that Microsoft is taking over Nokia. They've gutted the company and what I knew and love has been destroyed by that. It's a low real. <sighs> tin hats off. There we go. Just to say we don't have balance. There you go. There's your balance. Um, but, but Rafe, in all seriousness, you know, this is two companies that are working close together. And both, both these companies have a very strong emotional reaction to some people, don't they? They do. I mean... I've been talking to a lot of people over the last few months about how it's going uh, in both companies and then outside in the developer community. And I think there's still a lot of strong feeling um, all over the place. I mean, the general consensus seems to be uh, that it was the right thing to do uh, for both Microsoft and Nokia, and they need each other as, as much as the other does. And it's interesting hearing that, particularly internally from some of the, the Microsoft guys, they're sort of saying Nokia is our big opportunity. We're really excited about this. And seeing the way that the Lumia is selling and it's being promoted has given us a, a lot of fresh energy. Uh, and then you know, from both sides, you're hearing, and you haven't seen anything yet. You know, we haven't really had a chance to work together long term because things are still being worked out. I mean, if you think the final agreement was only signed back in April and effectively the first device was produced as quickly as possible but there wasn't an awful lot of back and forth i think you know the next update to the platform which we're probably expecting to hear about uh, early next year probably at um, mwc possibly before then there will be some more input but it won't be as we've said before till the next major release of the platform uh, which is going to take place in the summer or late next year uh, that we'll probably see full input coming in. And that's the idea of getting Windows Phone onto cheaper devices. And it's interesting, that's an undercurrent theme talking to particularly Microsoft people. They know how important it is to get the device volumes up and to get into some markets that are going to need the, the cheaper devices. But with all that, yes, there's, you know, I think particularly amongst some Symbian developers and also some Nokia people, you know, a, a sadness at what might have been, um, particularly with something like the Nokia N9 and Mego being um, released at the same time and people sort of look at that and, and see that as a, a very fine device, which it is. Um, I think that probably misses the broader picture of what's happening in the mobile space with regard to ecosystems. It's not just about the phone anymore. You need to be able to have better connection, be that into the PCs, set-top box beneath the television, in-car stuff that will come in in the next few years. And it's sort of, uh, I said originally when, uh, this announcement was made it was really all about the wider ecosystem not not mobile in particular not just about apps it's the stuff beyond that it's where it will be in a few years time uh, and that certainly seems to be the message that's that's coming across when i've been chatting to people at various events but nonetheless you know obviously it's still a big wrench and i think people need to be careful to think you know oh they're working 
brilliantly together already. I, I don't think that really reflects the truth. It's still very much two companies doing two different things and they're trying to uh, coordinate as much as possible, but it's a slow progress. And that's going to be something I think to keep an eye on as a sort of a metric for success, if you like, and just how closely they can mesh together. And you, there's obvious external vi- events and things like that that you can look at, but it'll be hard to pick that out. Um, for you know day-to-day operations if you like within the two companies but we'll do our best and we'll sort of I guess do a report on that maybe in a few months time or I think probably more realistically later in the uh, second half of 2012 maybe. I think we need one on February the 11th 2012 Uh, but before (laughs) then I'll give you a metric of success right now it's a very simple one and it is show me the money and couple of developers are actually opening up the books uh, and letting us have a look at the numbers. Unlock have been uh, a recent one just this week. And, um, it, it's given us the um, almost non-logical answer that Windows Phone is five times profitable for this developer. Uh, yes, that's right. This is a post from their blog where they talked about the comparison sales between Windows Phone and uh, iOS for one particular app. And they did all the usual caveats, you know, this is just one developer, one application, but they had been highlighted by, by both app stores and sort of spotlight positions. And actually the iPhone version had received a little bit more extra marketing, but they found despite this, they were still getting better sales. I mean, they quite rightly said this is really about lack of competition in the Windows Phone app store, you know, 500,000 apps versus 50,000 apps or so in the Windows Phone store. And it's easier to stand out. If you sort of get featured, you can then float to the top but with that it's interesting to note that um it actually that's more important than the obvious difference in the installed user base obviously there's far more iphone and ios devices out there than there are windows phone devices but despite that they were still getting better sales i would be cautious of reading too much into uh, any one thing i mean you'll be able to find a developer example for pretty much every case you want to argue there's probably developers out there that's making more money from web os than anything else although i haven't met them recently um but the point is that it does prove that i think the windows phone marketplace is probably maturing and there are developers who are finding it more successful to concentrate there and so for for microsoft in particular it kind of provides a bit of validation as to developers why should you be doing it on our platform and it re- really reinforces the argument that you know, you'll hear time and time again but it's completely true that the the savvy developer will go for a multi-platform strategy and talking to quite a few developers you know iphone and ios still remains the most popular by some ways but windows phone is really creeping up on android and to the extent people are saying yes we're going to do windows phone first particularly for those that are looking to make money from the uh, commercial sale of applications rather than for a particular service or a branded app and that's because uh, the the monetization options on the windows phone marketplace seem to be stronger than android you know android has been tagged with this everything needs to be free um, and also you know being able to buy applications worldwide up until quite recently was more limited um, I don't know how much of that's perception, but certainly talking to developers who've developed all three, they're sort of saying, yes, iOS is sort of our leading moneymaker, but we're finding Windows Phone increasingly in spot number two. So it'll be interesting to watch that trend and see how much it continues. Um, but I, I would urge caution whenever one, you know you roll out these statistics, people get excited about them. But you do have to look at each and every case separately. And there are some applications that will do better on one platform than the other so with all those caveats it's still i think a pretty good example of the sort of blog post that microsoft are probably very pleased to see happening now um 
let's talk about more than one developer then, shall we, Rafe? Uh, okay. The Insider event, which you attended, um, I've, I've completely lost track of the time now. You attended at the start of this week, yes? Yes, that's right. Right, so, okay, very briefly, uh, as our new listeners will be finding, that's an interesting slogan to use around you. Uh, what's the Insider event and why is it, is it one of these pivotal things that Microsoft's doing around the world? Well, the Insider event is kind of a UK-focused event and you could say it's broadly equivalent to some of the parties and events that Microsoft have been holding in the US. It's trying to get people who are interested in Windows Phone together. And it's, you know, as much a social event to sort of start building a community as it is sort of information. Yes, there are people with Windows Phone devices around that you can um, get them to show you stuff and get training and all of that kind of thing. But it's a broad mix of obviously people from Microsoft, people from network operators, uh, consumers from the outside, developers. Uh, and and others and in this particular instance it was actually held in somewhere called brick lane in london at the brick house and we had um, music and food laid on it was one of uh, blur's ex-guitarists i'm trying to remember his name um, which has escaped me for alex a moment james alex james thank you you and and he was the, the event was sort of branded by him and it was insider uh, all the things that he was into because the kind of full title is uh, Windows into Windows Phone is kind of the brand of the campaign, and there's a Facebook page and a uh, app to go with it. And I thought it was a pretty successful way of engaging with a lot of people who are enthusiastic about the platform and kind of building that sense of community, which I think is all important. If you kind of kickstart that, it almost becomes having a life of its own. Um, quite apart from being a, a fun event to attend, I spoke to quite a few of the developers who were there, who were you know naturally very enthusiastic about the platform. A lot of people who were, you know, training uh, perhaps in UK retail shops and things like that. Again, they were very enthusiastic about the platform, talking about the big difference that the Nokia entry has made. And suddenly people are taking it more seriously and kind of Lumia 800 is drawing people into the shelves. But they're also then considering the other uh, Windows phone devices, particularly HTC devices in the UK. Uh, Samsung haven't really launched in such a big way here. So that was not so much true but uh, the omnia w is starting now to to come into some european markets so that may well change uh, so all in all there was you know a real sense of enthusiasm around the platform and of course you'd expect that at this kind of event um, but i do think that building that community is something that's going to be really important um, to making it a successful platform so there we go. Uh, we're running out of time on this one. Uh, we've had lots of little discussions there as opposed to one of our major ones. So uh, so we'll call a halt to that there. We just have our usual um, application of the week to go. David, I'm giving you enough warning on this one. Get everything ready because I want to hear the theme tune. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> now, watch your space next week, guys. Watch this space next week. The Cylon and Dalek choirs may not yet be gathering, but we'll find out what we have. David, let's go for you first on this one. Anyway, application of the week from you. Okay, well, anyone who's following uh, the press on Windows Phone 7 will know that there is an Xbox remote control app coming out soon. However, if you don't have an Xbox and you are running your own media center, either on Windows or Linux with XBMC, um, you can... There have been remote control applications on every mobile platform for a long time, and now Windows Phone 7 is not left out. XBMC Remote allows you to control your Xbox Media Center PC by your Wi-Fi network from your Windows Phone. And I think it costs about £1.49, and you, and you, you get um, previews of album art and TV series art 
coming through to your phone so you can browse all the content that's stored on your computer on your Windows 7 device. And the user interface is very metro. Like, it's got its own subset of live tiles. Unfortunately, you can't take the live tiles out of it and put them on the start screen, but you can configure how its main user interface is, is laid out so it feels just like the start screen. So that gets my recommendation this week. Staying with media, Steve, you're you're waving at me in the background going, you should go next for Slinky Link, I understand. Well, yes, and this sounds this is a bit of a cop-out because this actually is a free application, which means everyone can download it. So they actually need a review from me, but I think it's so fabulous, I'm going to mention it anyway. Um, the Internet Movie Database is a, an online thing. Everyone knows about it. You've all used it on your desktop computers, and you've tried to browse it on their mobile website. Well, I have to say, the IMDB is made for Windows Phone and Metro UI. It just works absolutely brilliantly, um, the, the, especially on the Lumia 800 here with the, um, the AMOLED screen. The colors and the backgrounds used in the application and all the cover art for all the movies is just absolutely stunning. If I take an example of how you'd use it, for example, I'm looking at the matrix here. I tap on the matrix and you follow a, a chain of, first of all, saying, well, okay, who's in it? Do you think, okay, Carrie Ann Moss. You tap on her photo. That brings up her entire filmography. You then tap on um, the other film she's known for. You tap on one of those films. You see who else is in that. You see who directed it. You follow that. And it's just a daisy chain of, of um, link, 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 link. It's totally seamless. You can find out everything you ever wanted to know and a million things you didn't already know about your favorite actors, actresses, films. It just, you just go on for hours. It's a superb um, application, completely free. Every Windows phone owner should have this right now. So there we go there. Um, I want to highlight the... Um I can't remember if I've highlighted this before, but uh, the WordPress client uh, on a Windows phone, it's not the greatest of clients. I still think that the Android version uh, that WordPress have done is the best one, so I suspect Matt Mullenweg is an Android man. Uh, but f for me, this was actually a, not lifesaver, but this was killer app uh, over the weekend, as we said earlier in the show, in our meeting for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. And, uh, of course, I, I'm in the middle of the stadium when the the winning country it was Georgia singing candy music uh who actually came out and became the winner now we'd had a couple of news stories already drafted drafted up um on the uh, wordpress site that i used for my eurovision stuff go in log in with the wordpress application i have my armenian micro sim um thank you very much viva cell for that one and mts uh go into the the draft story put in the country names put in one quote, uh, knock in the right phrase, press post, and before the end credits is rolled, um, we'd managed to get the news post up with the graphics, everything all laid out, um, and all of that from the Windows Phone handset from the middle of the stadium at the top of the hill next to Mount Ararat in Yerevan in Armenia. 30 seconds bit of work. Uh, the application doing exactly what it needed to do at that time. Rafe, you want to close us off? Yes, I thought I'd do a game this week, and I've been uh, shuffling away, thinking about what I would do, and I thought, ah, I know Shuffle Party. This is a free Xbox Live title. It kind of stands out for being free, obviously. It's uh, from the same company that did uh, Minesweeper and Sudoku, and uh, there's 50 gamer points on offer here, and I know a lot of people are interested in collecting those, and as a free title, obviously, it's going to be a download. But I actually think it's worth playing for a gameplay in its own right. I rather enjoyed this one. And uh, Shuffle Party, as you might guess, is sort of drawing on the game of Shuffleboard, whereby you press a, a token along a smooth surface and try to get to, into a scoring zone or ideally hang off the end. But it also brings in kind of the idea of 10-pin bowling, again, using a shuffle um, token rather than a 10-pin bowling ball. Um, so it has those kind of two game modes, which is the aim is to get as much score as you want. But it also has a challenge mode, which actually I kind of enjoyed the most. And it's sort of 
shuffle things through a board, bounce them off walls to collect coins and get them into scoring zones. And if you do all of those, you get some more gamer points. Um, it's well implemented. It's ad supported. It's very easy to use. The gameplay is very simple. Um, it won't take you long to sort of work your way through the whole game. But I enjoyed this as kind of a five minute distraction when I was sitting on public transport um, earlier this week and in front of the TV when I was sort of too spaced to do anything else. Uh, it's available globally. As I say, it's a free download from the marketplace. So thoroughly recommended from me. So there we go. We'll have links to all of those application games and bits of software back on all about Windows Phone.com under the podcast news. On remains for me to say thank you uh, to the editor, Rafe Blanford. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Special guest star, Steve Litchfield. Thank you very much. See you next week. Uh, and he's not a musician, but he is doused in petrol and ready to do a full body burn as he jumps. Uh, off the top of the Humber Bridge, David Gilson, our <laughs> open source stuntman and canonical flag waver. Yes, I yes, I think I would make it for good kindling. So, um, yes, goodbye, everybody, and I'll see you slightly singed next week. Yeah, there's a joke in there about Kindle uh, and operating systems, but I'm not going to go there because it's the season of goodwill coming up. I'm Ewan Spence. Thank you all out there for listening. It's all about Windows Phone Insight Podcast. We'll be giving you news and floors and reviews on the website throughout the week, and we'll be back here in seven days' time. Thanks for listening.